listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. These two young ladies have their own podcast and are apparently a big deal in the world of cryptocurrency. Naomi Brockwell hosts a technology show called Bitcoin, Blockchain, and the Technologies of Our Future on her own network, NBTV. And Sasha Hodder is a crypto attorney who has her own podcast on crypto law called The Hodlcast. She advises her clients on the ever-growing regulatory environment surrounding cryptocurrencies. Naomi and Sasha are on the UofL campus for a speaking engagement as guest of the Center for Free Enterprise. They've taken a few minutes out to join me and uh, talk a little bit about Bitcoin. Welcome, ladies. Thanks so much for having us. Welcome Thank to you. the University of Louisville. So it's great to be here, especially to discuss Bitcoin. I think it's an important topic that a lot of people still don't know too much about. Well, I had a guest on uh, about three weeks ago, and I can't remember where he was from, but we talked a little bit about Bitcoin, and he's got me to the point of almost understanding what it is. So. <laughs> all right, so let's see if we can take you all the way. All right, all right. So what is Bitcoin? What is Bitcoin? Well, I mean, in a nutshell, I would say that it's money for the internet. And the way that I describe it to people is that, you know, we live in this digital age, right? And when you go on your computer, you can screenshot a, an image and you can send it and duplicate it and, you know, send, make as many copies as you want. If you have a video file, you can duplicate it. You can make as many copies as you want. What someone figured out how to do was to make a digital asset that couldn't be reproduced. And uh, from there, that sort of evolved and, uh, and we realized this could be applied to the world of money. And so, now we have this money for the internet that is just taking off and giving people back like sovereignty over their own financial decisions, which is really exciting. That was Naomi. And Sasha, you're an attorney, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so do you advise people on, to advise uh, to buy Bitcoin or what do you tell them? Well, I never give investment advice uh, typically. Well, maybe but, you should. Uh, <laughs> what, I, what I mostly work with is companies that are interacting with Bitcoin as part of their business model. So I'll help them if they need a money transmission license or if they're trying to raise funds. That brings up a slew of regulatory questions as to whether if it's Bitcoin itself, it's considered a commodity. If it's a different type of digital assets. Sometimes it's considered a security within the SEC's jurisdiction. So that's where I kind of help is providing that guidance. And how many companies are actually into Bitcoin now that that is the way that they're having people pay for their products and vice versa? Um, a great question. I think that it's uh, it's you're getting more and more people into the space, especially as the um, ecosystem evolves. I mean, in the early days, you didn't used to say blockchain; you used to just say Bitcoin because that was the only thing there was. Right. And now we have all kinds of different assets. We have you know derivatives. We have all this new securities market that I think is a just about set to bloom. So we're going to see more and more people uh, hopping on board, especially traditional financial institutions. We've seen more and more of those coming on board as well. And, and what's the percentage of the market, of the of the total spending on, on the internet now? What is the total, and any clue as to what we're talking that about in terms of question. what the percentage <laughs> is that is now cryptocurrency and is not, you know, Visa and MasterCard or, you know, some other... Uh, currency. I think it's still very low. Like if you just look at the, um, you know, market cap, it's it's still very very early for these digital assets. So compared to um, regular finance or you know what's being spent on the stock market through online trading, it would really yeah. be small in comparison. But it's growing, and we're seeing a lot of new users coming on every every quarter. There's different places that take metrics of how many wallets are created, how many transactions are performed 
moved outside of just speculation on exchanges, and we're seeing those numbers um, coming up. I, I don't have the exact yeah, statistics right. on my head, but it's big. It's a tiny, it's tiny a, number. Growing, but tiny, tiny. Yeah. yeah, for sure. There, there are different waves of people that have come into crypto as well. So in the early days, I mean, the original people who used Bitcoin were people who really did want financial sovereignty. They wanted a money that couldn't be controlled. And the thing about Bitcoin is it's decentralized. There's no focal point that the government can say, we're shutting down that company or, you know, um, the, some other company can leverage and, you know, there, there is, there's no central point of failure. And so a lot of early people who used it uh, were people who just wanted control of their own money. They didn't want to put their money in a bank. They didn't want to have the possibility of their assets frozen or taken away. And what we're seeing now, you know, is the market's grown beyond that. You're seeing financial institutions start to look into blockchain technology and different cryptocurrencies and say, actually, this is a cheaper method for us to do, uh, you know, intercompany settlements. So it's become like this settlement layer as well. And I think that we're going to see more and more use cases for the tech. Hold that thought for a second. I want to reintroduce you again. Naomi Rockwell, host of technology show Bitcoin, blockchain and the technologies of our future. And Sasha Hodder is a crypto attorney who has her own podcast. They're here at the University of Louisville as guest of the Center for Free Enterprise. And we're talking about cryptocurrencies. So that thought, my next question was going to be, what impact is cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, those things having on things like the IMF um, and, the, and the way that um, we buy goods and services? What, what is it having any impact on that? And you talked about decentralization. So how does all that fit in? I think that's a great question. And when you're talking about IMF, uh, I actually do think that there are certain people, uh, whether they're in governments or in traditional financial institutions, who do feel threatened by this technology. I mean, this is something which is going to unseat a lot of the major players in yep. finance. And uh, they're, they're not just accepting it. So we're going to see a battle. We have seen a battle start to begin with the IMF. Uh, you've seen them start to give advice to places like Marshall Islands when they're considering creating their own uh, cryptocurrencies, saying, listen, you could do that. But there might be repercussions with the, with the U.S. and uh, their ability to trade with you, for example. So I think there are a lot of um, like cloaked threats happening uh, as well. Not saying that the IMF is necessarily threatening people, but you are getting this sense of people being backed into a corner and wondering what they're going to do if they no longer have control of the money supply. Because yeah. there's been a mo monopoly in the money supply for a very long time, and suddenly people have a choice. That, that's what you exactly answered the question I was getting at. Is is there some uh, hesitancy and and some people that are a little bit worried about this cryptocurrency, this new thing coming into our whole uh, banking systems. And Sasha, when you deal with uh, some of your customers, some of your corporate customers, what do you tell them about this? Are, are, are there regulations or anything even out there uh, restricting the ways they can use Bitcoin and and other things, and, and do they run up against the, the government in any sort of a, a way? Yeah, they definitely come up against regulations quite a bit. Um, there's, for around the money transmission, there's uh, FinCEN, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, requires a lot of them to go through some, well, the, the federal level of the licensing to be um, a money service business is actually pretty straightforward, but then each state has its own rules, too, that you have to navigate. And then with the banking side, there's um, the Operation Choke point where certain banks, if they uh, bank a crypto company, they are threatened that they could lose their FDIC insurance capabilities. So it's a really, uh, that's I think the, you know, the biggest choke point in the industry at the moment is uh, getting the banking. But then there's certain states that have put forward some really uh, innovative legislation like uh, Wyoming, where they've created a bank that can work with cryptocurrency, but they can't, they have to have 100% reserves. So so you two on your on your 
podcast. What do you tell folks about this? Is cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, blockchain, those other you know things like that, are they the future, or is this, as some people said a few years ago at least, it's just a fad? It's just you know, it's hey, we're all going to go back to using credit cards, and you know, it's it's not going to be that big of a deal. What do you tell them? Oh, I mean, I de- I believe it's the future, but uh, I try to I try to stay keep my opinions out of it when I'm working with clients and just yeah, I know, you know you don't give they, any investment advice. I've already heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it is that they want to want to do. I'll help them interact with the current regulatory system. But from my personal belief, I think everything is probably going to be a lot different twenty years forward. I do think it's going to be a long road till we're there, and it's going to look a lot different than the current you know ecosystem of digital payments right now. But I think it will ultimately change and people might not even know that they're interacting with cryptocurrency. They might still be using their credit card and it might still look like a balance on a you know bank account. So it might not be very it won't be a painful transition for a Naomi, lot of people. thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that we haven't seen innovation in money for a very long time. And you've had a monopoly on the money supply for a long time, and there's no incentive for people to improve on the system where people have no other choice. And suddenly we have so much innovation in this field. You know, we have a digital money for the digital age. We have a global money for a new global marketplace that we've discovered since the internet. This is definitely the future. And uh, as Sasha said, maybe people won't even know what's going on under the hood. I think a lot of people use their computers and have no idea how the internet works or how their computers work or how their cars work. And I honestly think that's going to be the future. You're going to have companies that are just uh, getting rid of the friction that is associated with exploring a new tech and they're just going to make it easier and easier. And I think uh, cryptocurrency is definitely the future. And uh, Bitcoin in particular. Mm-hmm. And Sasha, I know you don't give any advice as we've, we've gone along here, but, <laughs> <laughs> but Naomi, what do you tell folks? Is Bitcoin a good investment? I mean, a few years ago, is it what, $12,000 uh, against a dollar? And now it's $12,000 per Bitcoin. Now it's what, 1200 1400 What is it? What's it sitting at now? It's like 3500 oh, Is it more than that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what do you tell them? Is it a good investment? So I listen to smart people like Sasha, um, and I don't give it. <laughs> but she's investment. not giving you advice, though. But she's my, she's my lawyer she's today. Oh, okay. No, well, I mean, I think that it's very difficult to know what's going to happen day to day with this currency. It's incredibly volatile. It's new. There's very little liquidity in the market compared to other, you know, uh, financial uh, assets. And, and so I don't give advice in terms of, like, is this going to go up or down tomorrow? Long term, I'm very bullish. Um, and honestly, I don't know whether Bitcoin is going to be the one that wins. Mm. You know, at the moment, I think that it has a great chance. It's doing, you know, the, the people who are developing it are doing amazing things. I'm very excited. There are also other currencies out there that are doing amazing things and developing new tech every day. So one of these is going to be the future. And I'm crypto bullish, uh, <laughs> shall we say. Crypto bullish. <laughs> I'm just not... keeping an ear out for all of the exciting things going on, making sure I'm up to date with uh, the cool innovations taking place. I got to say, crypto bullish is not a term I've ever heard on this radio show. But now, <laughs> now we have a new one. Coined. Uh, right. Coined. There you go. We coined it <laughs> yeah. on ourselves. But I'm pumped. She's here all week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tip your bartenders and waitresses. Okay. Naomi Brockwell, appreciate you being on the show. Sarah Hotter, good luck uh, with your speech at the University of Louisville. I think you'll enjoy our campus. For extra material and any links mentioned in this podcast, please visit naomibrockwell.com. If you'd like to watch the video version, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute or DTube. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future. I'm a Bitcoin, staring, I'm staring the status quo. Static-